We are so honored that you would take the time out of your week to listen to this week's message. We pray that you find it helpful and life-giving. If you would like more information on Hope Church, you can check us out at www.hopedelmarva.com. That's D-E-L-M-A-R-V-A.com. Thanks for listening. All right, as you're being seated this morning, I am so excited to be with you after Snowmageddon and to share what God has placed on my heart. I had to push it back a week. I was like, okay, we're going to take a real rest. You guys remember we were in a series about rest, <laughs> and then God decided to give us some rest. I was like, okay, Jesus, I see you. Let's go. Let's go. Hey, I want to start with a shout out. I want to start with a shout out to two amazing churches that make Hope Church possible and they are our partners, and they contribute to us, and they've prayed for us, and they believed in us, and that's Experience Community Church in Tennessee. If you all are ever down, give it up for Experience Community Church, and Pastor Corey Trimble leads that, um, and if you're ever down in Tennessee, you make sure you check them out. They are an amazing group of people who believe in Hope Church and have partnered with us, and then the other church is an amazing church in Michigan called River Tree Community Church, led by Pastor Andy Merritt. Um, he is a pastor's pastor. He loves us and cares for us, and their amazing church actually has a thrift store whose sole purpose is to bring in income so that they can help plant churches. How cool is that? It's amazing what this church in Michigan, all the way in Jackson, Michigan does. And I just want to say thank you so much to those amazing partner churches for their generosity. This morning, we are going to be talking about generosity. Oh, come on. Come on. I, let's shake it off. Shake it off. Because I know as soon as I said generosity, y'all went, what? And you might clenched us a little bit. It's Okay. Shake it off. How many of you would say that you are a generous person? Come on, talk to me. Okay, all right. Around here, we love to use what we have to make a difference in our community. And I would agree that we have some of the most generous partners on the face of the earth. And we value generosity here at Hope Church. As a matter of fact, it's one of our founding values. We wrote it down um, and we believe that hope is generous. When you have the hope of Christ in you, you can be generous because you know you've been forgiven, right? And you know that you have been pardoned. It's easy to give grace and be generous to others. As a matter of fact, we agree with the word of God that said it is more blessed to give than to receive. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. And I celebrate the generosity of so many of you. But I want to take a moment to celebrate the generosity specifically of our partners. I don't know if you know this, but we have about 35 partners who make our experiences happen every single week. They go through growth track. They invest the time. And they spend their Sunday mornings bright and early coming in, making sure that Hope Church comes alive for the city of Seaford. Can we just give it up for those people? So amazing, so amazing, so amazing. I love our, our partners, and they also go even further and lead groups in our community. If you would, would be interested in being a partner just like that and coming and serving on Sundays and being a part of bringing hope to Delmarva, I would encourage you today, today, to go to Growth Track. Today, it's available to you. Lunch is provided. We have childcare provided for the extended period of time. So you can come and invest in a two-hour uh, class that will help you connect to God and connect to the way that he's gifted you so that you can use what God's given you 
uh, to bring hope to Delmarva through Hope Church and through our partnerships in the community. There's so many opportunities beyond Sunday to be a part of what we're doing because we are involved in a ton in our community. Now, unfortunately, a lot of people do get uncomfortable when we talk about generosity. And the truth is that tragically, many people aren't generous. Now, they would say they're generous because they think they're generous because they give something. But I want to make a distinction this morning. There is a difference between giving and being generous. Those are two different things. Giving and being generous are two separate things. Being generous means that you orient your life around the thrill of being used by God to make a difference. And it's so much more than giving some. It's so much more than that. So here are some thoughts around generosity and giving. Now these might hurt a little bit, so brace yourself, okay? We're going to talk real. Most Americans don't feel rich but we are. Most Americans get into the comparison trap and they think they're not rich because they don't have a Lamborghini and they don't have a $500,000 million home and they don't live at the beach, so surely we're not rich. But when you open your eyes and you consider the whole of the United States and you consider worldwide, we are the richest people in the world. It's insane how much we have been given, but most Americans don't feel rich because we compare ourselves to people who are filthy rich. Here's the second thought. Most Americans think they are generous, but they are not. Most Americans think they're generous, but they're not. And here is the problem. We think we're blessed because we're part of the six to 9% who own a car. Do you understand that you are part of 6 to 9% statistically worldwide that own a car? Guys, that's not a lot. That's not a lot of people that own a car. As a matter of fact, I would guess that at some point in this past week, you took a drive in your car and you drove to a restaurant. You passed five or six restaurants, as a matter of fact, to get to this restaurant. And you probably had to wait in line because let's be honest, restaurants right now are crazy. And you probably had to wait and you were a little perturbed because you had to wait to get into your restaurant. But then you got into your restaurant and you sat down at a table and somebody walked up to you and said, what would you like to eat? And you said, I would like steak. And they said, okay then. And they went away and they got your food. And they brought it to your table and they sat it down. And you ate it without giving them one red cent. They trusted you. Imagine that. And then you ate your food and hopefully, if you're generous, you tipped well. Please don't be chintzy tippers, people. We got servers in the room. Listen, and you got up from your table and you got in your car and you drove home where you pushed a button and a door for the garage or your car's house, opened automatically and you drove your car in and shut the house for the car door. And then you went in your climate controlled home and you sat down in your restroom 
You used your restroom, and yes, you got up, and your stuff, you pushed a button, and your stuff went away. Guys, there are places in the world where people's stuff doesn't go away. You should be giving praise to God that your stuff goes away. This is what we live in in our nation. We live with such wealth. But here's another fact that's really going to hurt. The average American only gives 5.7% or less of their income to charity. 5.7% or less. What's more sickening and more crazy is that as your income decreases, you actually give less and less and less. A person who makes $15,000 or less a year is apt to give 9.5%. I will give you the statistics. I have the link, okay? When that gets to 300,000%, it's less than 3% of their income. Do you get what I'm saying here? The people who make the least amount of money are giving the largest percentage of money in America, and we call ourselves generous. We call ourselves generous, but that is not God-honoring, and that is not what we do. It doesn't say, God, you're first. It says, God, you can have whatever's left over, and maybe I'll care about my neighbor. Maybe I'll do it. Does this hurt yet? Because let me tell you, it hurt me writing it. It's hard. And as Jesus followers, we are called to do something different. Hope Church is here to lead the way in generosity. And a lot of people want to give more. We'll say, I want to give more, but, ooh, that's a hard word, but. But the reason we don't is we feel like we can't. I, I would like to give more, but, you know, I really can't. And a lot of us live in something called the scarcity mindset. Anybody ever heard of this before? The scarcity mindset. And the scarcity mindset becomes the scarcity cycle. And it starts out like this. God supplies and we consume. We use it and then we lack. We lack. We say, I can't get ahead. We use this language. Oh my gosh, I just don't have enough this week. I'm just living paycheck to paycheck. And we put language around our inability to control our spending, to be quite honest. And so then we go into something called fear. And we fear because we lack and we consume. And then we go right back into consuming and then we lack. And you know what a lot of us do? Is we go into debt so we can consume more. So we can lack more, so we can be more afraid. And this cycle happens over and over and over and over. And this is not what we do. This is insane. We say things like, it's never enough. I can never get ahead. I wish we could do more, but we just can't. Now listen, if you got tense when I started talking about generosity, if you're tushy clenched up, let's be honest then this might be you, and you might be operating in a scarcity mindset. So let's get down to the truth today, because I want to show you the truth that as Jesus followers, we have a totally different mindset. 
I want to help you to obtain this mindset today so that we can be called to do something different, so that we can be radically crazy generous because of what God does, because of what he did for you on the cross of Jesus Christ. This is what we do. Because God was generous with you, because God provided for you, this is what we do. Now, this is something different. This is something more than just giving. It's so much more. So here's my first point today. If you're a writer, write it, right? Let's go. We give generously. We give generously. This is what we do. 2 Corinthians 9, 7 through 10 says it this way. It says, you much, must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And God will generously provide all you need. I'm sorry, what was that? So after you give, not under compulsion, not reluctantly, and you give cheerfully, God will give you what? All you need. All you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. As scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. This, this is what we do. This is what we do. When God blesses us, uh, this is what we do. We give out of the abundance. We thank God and then we give to others. And then what do people do? They thank God. They give God glory because he provided for them by your hand. This is what we do. This is how we go. And so we have uh, this generosity and then something happens when we give with our hand. What happens next? It says it right in the verse. It says God multiplies abundantly. We add, but God multiplies. I like this part. God multiplies abundantly. Verse 10 says this. It says, For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase what? Your resources. And then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Generosity happens in you first before it comes out of you. God gives us resources and increases our resources. He multiplies and he blesses. And you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. Not just when the mood strikes you, not just sometimes, not because somebody pressured you or because you were under compulsion, but because you cheerfully thought, oh my gosh, hold up, wait a minute, I got something and I'm about to give it. And you sashay your way to give. You're like, let's go. I'm ready. Let's rock and roll. Here's what happens that's different. When we live this way, we get into a different cycle. It's the generosity cycle. And this is what happens. God supplies. And then what happens? We give. We give it away. We give. And then what happens? God multiplies what we give. And then we see that and our faith grows. And then the cycle happens all over again. And can I just tell you for a, a hot second, I have seen people come into Hope Church 
who volunteer their time and their energy and their finances. And I have watched God multiply what they have sowed in and I have seen it explode in their lives. I have seen them come into better jobs. I have seen them come into better relationships. I have seen God at work in their lives all because they decided to jump into the generosity cycle and get out of the scarcity mindset and fall into being generous. I want to talk to you this morning about tithe. What the heck did she just say? I know I said tithe. It's a biblical term. Tithe breaks the cycle of scarcity in us and creates a new cycle of generosity. Now, you might not have ever heard about this. You might not have ever been taught about this. But I believe that tithing helps produce a harvest of generosity because of the goodness of God. We worship God with our tithe. This is what we do. This is what we do. The Hebrew is masir. And masir means one-tenth. And I want to tell you this morning that no matter what you've heard in the past, the tithe has been and the tithe will be. The tithe was there before the law was ever even given to Moses on the mountain. As a matter of fact, it started with God's man, Abraham. And Abraham was a very wealthy man and he ran across a priest of the Lord called Melchizedek. And he said, God has blessed me and so I will give. And he gives 10% of what he has to the priest. And God multiplies and returns to Abraham more flocks and more children. And every promise of God was yes and amen. And he does all of this even before the law was written. And the tithe is affirmed by Jesus in the New Testament. So we've got from the Old Testament to the New Testament. This is a biblical principle across time and space. This is not just something that somebody has made up to relieve you of more of your money. This is a biblical principle that relies on the promises of God. As affirmed by Christ in Matthew 23, 23 and Luke eleven forty two. 42, he is talking to the Pharisees and he says, um, you give uh, a tenth of your, your cumin and your spices. And then he says this, you give to God, but neglect justice and the love of God. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. You see, they had a heart problem. They weren't generous on the inside, and it resulted in a lack on the outside. And so they treated their fellow Israelites with disdain and neglect, and they would take money from their fellows and say, I'll give you a loan. He goes, Charlie, I'm going to give you a loan. Oh, by the way, that's a 30% return on that. I'm going to need that back by on Tuesday. And if you don't give it to me by Tuesday, I'm going to go ahead and take your sheep and your cow. Um, and uh, sorry, buddy, about that, but you're going to need your cloak too because you told me 30%, right? And that's what they were doing. They were neglecting love and faith and charity, but paying that little tiny bit. They were like breaking a twig off of their time and like dropping it in the bucket. We cannot neglect love and mercy and sacrifice while giving 10% back to God. I want to give you three things this morning that the tithe actually does. The tithe first, it teaches us to put God first. I'm going to get real with you in a minute and tell you a story about my journey on giving and tithing. But I want to read to you Deuteronomy 14.23. It says, the purpose of tithing is to teach you always to put God first 
in your lives. And I know what you might be thinking. I know what you might be thinking. You're thinking, uh, do you understand what I would have to do to give uh, 10% of my income? Do you have any idea what I would have to do? Yes, I do. Do you know how crazy that is going to take my faith to give 10%? Yes, I do. You know I'm going to have to rearrange my whole life to give 10%. Yes, I do. I do know, and I can tell you that when I add, God multiplies. It does take crazy faith. It does take rearranging your life, but I can tell you that it's so worth it. It takes faith to give first and not last and not your leftovers because God is not worthy of your leftovers. He's worthy of the first part, the best part. The second thing tithe does is it builds our faith. Malachi 3, 10 through 11 says this. It says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you and I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Let's go. He says, try it. Put me to the test. I will answer it. Put me to the test. Your crops will be abundant and will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fail from the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord of the heaven armies. How many other times has God said, test me? Not many. But when it comes to this, he's saying, try me. Try it out. Because my economy, God says, is different than the economy of this world. The, the world says consume. The world says you need a bigger house. The world says you need a bigger car. And ladies, can we just get real? The world will tell you you need different pants, different shoes, different shirts. It will tell you you need this miracle cream for your wrinkles. And let me tell you, I've tried it. It's not working, okay? Drink more water. That's free. That's just side advice for y'all today. The world will tell you that you need the latest eye gadget. You need all of the things, that your kids need all of the things, and they will reach for your kids. If you didn't know, everything that has a character that is trademarked is trying to make sure that your kids have a lifelong addiction to it. Yes, even the Mickey Mouse. They want to make sure that they get their hooks into your kids before they're ever even old enough to know better. Believe it. But God says something different. God says, give, and I will multiply. Give, and I will bless. And he says, try me. Try this thing out. See if 90% with God's blessing and multiplication doesn't go further than 100% of you trying to do it on your own. Give, and it will be given back to you. God says this. He says, give me your first and your best, and I'll take care of the rest. Give me your first and your best, and I will take care of the rest. You see, the cycle of generosity is powerful, and it is freeing, and God supplies when we give it, and he multiplies, and our faith grows abundantly. Listen, I finally got to a place in my life where I really wanted to honor God with my tithing. But before that, when I was a very young person, uh, growing up in the church that I grew up in, um, I'm going to be honest with y'all. I was not the best person when I was at this church, but I had to go. Y'all remember them gold offering plates with the felt in them? Y'all remember that back in the day? Y'all Methodist people, you know, raise your hand, right? You know, so with the money, when you plop the coins in, it doesn't go tink, tink, right? 
Well, they had those at my church, and when they would finally collect them, they would bring them to the back, and I'm ashamed to admit that I would take a couple of bills out of there as it passed by. I took from God. That's not something I'm really proud of, and I wrestled with telling you that, but I want to tell you where I've come from. I want to be honest with you. I, I took from God, and I was disobedient to God, And then I got married, and God changed my whole entire life when I said yes to him in my little trailer that I didn't own. (laughs) We didn't own. We didn't have anything, and I worked for Domino's Pizza. And I tithed on my income from Domino's Pizza down to my tips. And I began to be faithful to God. I don't know if you know what this is, Um, Younger people, you won't, but I wrote a check every week. If you know what a check is, holla, because you're old. (laughs) If you don't know what a check is, go ahead and Google it. It's the way, it was before Venmo. It's paper Venmo, okay? That's what it was, paper Venmo, all right? And I began to be faithful. And can I tell you that God proved himself faithful? I remember that Alfie both started tithing and gave up cigarettes at one point after he said yes to Jesus, because that's what he felt like God had called him to do. And I'll never forget the phone call he got because his boss came up to him on the job and he said, I want to give you a a bonus and a raise. And he handed him a check. And can I tell you, it was multiplied more than what we had given in our tithe. It was more than. Because of his faithfulness, God turned around and said, I got you. I got you. You can ask him about it. You can ask him about it. He'll tell you that that, that is absolutely true. And I, can I tell you that, that we have been faithfully tithing. Alfie and I have been faithful to give. And over and abundant, I won't tell you what we give now, but it started out with a little bit. And now it consumes us to the point where we figure out, okay, how can we invest so that we can make more money so that we can be givers, legacy givers. My prayer every week is, God, make me a legacy giver. I want to give so abundantly that I make such an impact on my community that it blows people away for your name. Like, I want to be stupid with it. I will finagle so I can give more to people who are planting churches and more to people who are serving God's kingdom And that's why when I tell you that we lead the way in irrational generosity in this church, I mean it. Because when you see the provision of God in whatever way you do when you tithe, it's going to blow you away. And you're going to be, how can I do this? How can I give more? How can I give back to God? The third thing that the tithe does, it provides for the work of God's church. Remember Malachi 3.10 says, bring all of the tithes into the storehouse and there will be enough food in my house. This house provides so much, and I don't even know that you guys know. So I want to tell you some things. And the first thing I want to ask you is, what would you say your life would look like if this church didn't exist? If this church wasn't here, and we didn't open our doors in September, what would our community look like? Well, I can tell you it looked like 13 people who didn't say yes to Jesus. Because since we've opened our doors, 13 people have said yes to an everlasting relationship with Jesus Christ because we exist. 
20 people have recommitted their lives to Jesus because we opened the doors to this church. Because we opened the doors to this church. Come on, give it up. That's crazy good. Because of this church, we've given 11, let me correct that, 12 kids Bibles out. Kids didn't have Bibles. Now they have a Bible because of the generosity of your church. 22 people, adults, have been given a Bible, and we've given a case of Bibles to Love, Inc., and we made sure that it was in an interpretation that they could understand so that people who maybe have a ninth grade or less reading level could understand and comprehend the Word of God. We made sure that we did that. We've partnered all across our community. Before we ever even opened the doors, we made a commitment that every dollar that we raised to launch this church called Launch Funds that we would give 10% back to our community. And before we opened this doors, I went through our ledger and made sure, and I started writing checks. And we gave to the soccer league when their shed burned down, we made sure that they got $1,000 so that they could restock. We gave to the A Center. We gave to Love, Inc., We support a missionary who is opening the coolest coffee shop in Boston that's actually a church. It's called Public Coffee, and it serves as a church in the community, and it's crazy. Their pastor, Amanda Oikel, is awesome, and we make sure that she's able to do that work. We provide snacks for the ER uh, department at the hospital, and I don't mean junky snacks. We make sure that they have protein shakes and protein bars along with some Snickers and some snacks that are not so healthy and fruit. And we take that weekly and make sure that that happens. One of the proudest things that we've done is before we ever opened the doors, we made sure that um, Code Purple's men's shelter, it was rented and we made sure that it was covered for the entire season. We made sure that men had a place to sleep every single night for an entire season of Code Purple because we made the commitment early on to be radically generous. And can I tell you that every time we've added to our community, God has multiplied it and it has come back as relationships and people trusting us and us being able to minister the gospel to even more people than ever before, all because we are generous. And I'm so excited to report to you this morning that during the Christmas season, we had a tree in the lobby. How many of you guys remember that? It was the Compassion International tree, and it was called the Giving Tree. And you were given the opportunity to take off an ornament and to buy Bibles or goats for a community in a third world country. And it's crazy cool. As part of that effort, the first year that Compassion International did the Giving Tree, they raised $20,000. This year, because of our combined efforts, they raised $80,000. Come on, y'all. Because of what you guys did in giving generously. And can I tell you, beyond the financial, beyond the financial part of what we do, we have volunteers that volunteer weekly at Love, Inc., As a matter of fact, if you don't know what Love, Inc., Love, Inc. is a clearinghouse, and they have something called the Cross Building. And every day, people who are experiencing homelessness can go there and get a shower. They can get free lunch. They get free dinner, and they can do their laundry. Can I tell you how amazing, when you don't have a place that's your own, that you can do your laundry and get a daggone shower? It's life-giving. And they provide that. And we are a partner with them. As a matter of fact, Liz Lynch, our kids director, 
works there. She runs that center. It's amazing what God does when we give generously. And because of what Christ did, this is what we do. I'm so excited to share with you that one of the greatest witnesses to your generosity is your faithfulness over time. If you want to see what it's like to really be generous, do it faithfully over time. Because that's where it meets the road. Even when it hurts. Even when you're like, I'm not sure how this is going to work out this week. Can I tell you that because we've given, I have never had a moment in our life where we have not had food on our table and a roof over our head and heating and cooling. And there are times when we could not afford it ourselves. There are times when people's generosity came through that I don't even know where it came from and we weren't expecting it. As a matter of fact, in one of the darkest times in our lives, we lived uh, in Atlanta, Georgia, and we were in trouble bad. Um, I had a mental health crisis and I was unable to work and things were falling through and we owed a ton of money. And we thought we were going to have to go bankrupt. We got a phone call and a check in the mail that covered everything. Never expecting it because God provided for us. There was bread in the house because of God's provision for us. So my question to you this morning is, are you a part of we? Because this is what we do. Are you a part of we or are you still living in scarcity? Because look at it side by side, guys. You can either live where you consume and you lack and you fear, or you can live with generosity where you give and God multiplies and your faith can grow. Can I tell you, I've been reading the scripture and I have been diving into a moment in time where Jesus and his disciples have an interaction. And the disciples are brought a man and his son. And his son has like these epileptic seizures. I don't know what else to call him, but the Bible says he had a demon and, and the, the disciples couldn't heal him. They couldn't drive out the demon. They couldn't set this kid free. And Jesus kind of gets frustrated. And he's like, oh, you have little faith. How long do I have to put up with you? I feel that in my home with my children all the time. I'm like, how long do I have to put up with you? No, I'm just kidding. Um, and, and they said, well, you know, we tried, Lord. We don't know what we did wrong. And, and he said, I'm telling you, it's because you had, didn't have faith that you couldn't do this. And he says, I'm telling you that if you have faith, you can say to that mountain, move, and it'll move. And I've been wrestling in my heart, God, increase my faith. Increase my faith. Help me to have mountain-moving faith. I want to have a faith that can move mountains. I want to have faith that when I lay my hand on a sick kid, that demon get up and run out of him. I want to have that, God. Help me have that faith. And you know what he's saying to me? Give more. Give more. Be generous. Give more. So are you a part of we? Are you? Because I'm telling you that we're about to move heaven and earth in our generosity. And next week I have a surprise for you guys and you are not going to want to miss it. As a matter of fact, I dare you to invite somebody next week because you're about to be blown out of the water next week regarding generosity. I want to tell you that the reason we are generous is because of Jesus Christ. And the best way to get on track is to respond 
to the first gift that God gave you. He gave you a tithe because he gave you his son, Jesus Christ. So how have you responded to Jesus? If you have made a decision to follow him, thank you. That's so good. You're, you're never going to regret that. But I want you to know that Jesus took on all of your sin. And if you recognize this morning uh, or whenever you're listening to this that you are a sinner and that you need a Savior, I want to give you the opportunity to respond. I will always ask if there is anybody here, if there's anybody here who does not have a relationship with Jesus, if there's anybody here who's listening later on and you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I want to invite you to pray with me. And for those of you who are here, if you would just bow your head and close your eyes and pray with me, Jesus, I believe that you are the one who gave your life for me, for my sin, for me taken from your house. And you forgave me. And you gave me the opportunity to give and to be generous and to grow my faith. Father, I thank you that you are so generous. I commit my life to you, Jesus. I want a relationship with you. Would you help me to recognize you're in my life through your Holy Spirit right now? Just touch me through your Holy Spirit and affirm this. Father, I say yes to you. I say yes to a new life. I believe that Jesus rose so that I can have new life and that your spirit can live in me. And I thank you for it, Jesus. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, um, I have an opportunity for you to connect with us and for us to help you grow in your faith in Jesus Christ. And you can text... Um, you can text, that's me to 94,000, no apostrophe, no punctuation altogether. That's me to 94,000, no matter when you're hearing this. And we will make sure that we stay connected with you and that you receive um, some, uh, some guidance and some uh, connection uh, from us personally. I'm telling you, I'm going to text you um, and I want to walk with you through this. If you're here today and you've never, ever made a commitment to give the tithe. I want to challenge you to do that this week. Test God and see if he won't because he's so faithful and he will take care of everything else. This is what we do. I'm going to pray and then I'm going to give you some instructions as we close out. Father, thank you so much that you are generous and that because you gave, this is what we get to do. Father, I pray that you would help us to grow our faith, to be faithful in our giving so that you can pour out your blessing, not to give us more, but so that we can give more, so that glory goes back to you and honor goes back to you and people stand back and say, wow, God provided for me. Father, I thank you for everything that you've done and everything you will do. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you found today's message both helpful and inspiring. Hope Church meets every Sunday at 10 a.m. in Seaford, Delaware at the Seaford Senior High School Auditorium. If you would like more information, you can find it at www.hopedelmarva.com. That's hope, D-E-L-M-A-R-V-A.com. Thanks for listening.